Hey, fans, want new flooring and want it now. March is the time to buy at Floors to Your Home. Right, Brian Kahn? It really is, JMV. We have the state's largest selection of new flooring in stock. And we've just received additional truckloads of new hardwood, laminate, and waterproof flooring. So we're marking everything down. Brian, I'm looking at some of your incredible deals. We always sell up to 50% off those big box stores. But for a limited time, you can get new flooring starting at just 80 cents a square foot. 80 cents a square foot, that's incredible. That's three rooms of hardwood, laminate, or waterproof starting under $350 at Floors to Your Home. And you can get it right now. We have over 1,200 styles in stock. Floors to Your Home is the place for the lowest prices anywhere in Indiana. I'm doing my whole house. Three very convenient locations. Avon, Noblesville, and Brookville Road. Who has the lowest prices on flooring? Floors to Your Home. That's who. Hey, I am absolutely honored to welcome back right here the Hall of Famer. And as we learned last time out, and we talked about this in depth, which was awesome, jointly appointed appeals officer for the NFL and NFL Players Association. It is the linebacker, Derek Brooks, with us. Hello, Derek. How you doing, bud? Yeah, I'm doing fine. Doing fine, sir. How are you doing this lovely Thursday? It is incredible here in central Indiana. I am in the heart of central Indiana, about 77 <laughs> degrees and sunny out here right now. It is It is. It, somebody that uh, grew up in Pensacola, Florida, there in the panhandle, where oftentimes during the year you have great weather down there. We've got great weather going right here in October, and you cannot beat it. No, you no, you can't. Uh, to be honest with you, we had a small taste of uh, that here in Tampa. Uh, so weather that uh, was in the high sixties uh, that only lasted for about twelve hours. <laughs> it's back in the eighties today. Yeah, it's uh, Derek Brooks. Hey, last time I had you on, this was back in June, and we're going to talk about walk-ons in your place downtown. We're going to be there coming up tomorrow with yes. uh, Bud Light. We'll talk about that in a second. But we were talking about. You know, Anthony Richardson, and that was before we'd seen him play in any games. And obviously now he's on the IR down at least four weeks of this season. We'll see if it's not more coming up. But what's been your thought, you know, as a Hall of Famer, former linebacker that would have to to clean up and and D up against him? What's your thoughts on what you've seen from that 21-year-old Florida quarterback, the rookie of the Colts, out of the gate? Uh, What I've seen thus far is uh, when he's available – uh, he's been productive <laughs> and playing winning football. Uh, I think at this point of his young career, uh, winning football has to start turning into smart football and uh, using, making better decisions when it comes to uh, his body and playing the position. Uh, obviously, uh, being a physical, being physical at the quarterback position has gotten him a long way. Uh, But at this point of his career, he has to start approaching it differently so he can be available. Uh, The best best ability is availability. (laughs) Right now, uh, he's been short of that. So hopefully he will heal up uh, here in a month and come back mid to late season and uh, kind of pick up where he left off in, in playing winning football. 
So Derek Brooks, who joins us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I, I'm curious, you've gone through this as a player, but how long might it take a rookie like that? And you brought up the point in college. I mean, he's used to getting out in front, out running people, out toughing people, being stronger, bigger than everybody else. How long should it take him to get used to that speed of the game? And just what you mentioned, things that you can't afford to do to compromise your health and your availability on the football field. How long would that normally take a rookie, a 21-year-old like that? Well, the learning curve is going to be longer now because he's not getting the physical reps. Uh, As a young quarterback and even as a young player, you have to go through a little bit of baptism by fire to gain that experience, be in game time moments, game time environments, whether it's home, whether it's on the road, hostile, friendly. You have to ride that emotional roller coaster uh, as a rookie to go through it. And you guys at, in Indianapolis have done that, you know, dating all the way back to Peyton Manning, even Andrew Luck. So. It's been proven that it works, but unfortunately, that learning curve is going to be extended now because he's not on the field to go through it. Yeah, and we, we talked about that, and, and this, Derek Brooks joins us. Back in June when you were on with me for the first time, we were in agreement on you know getting him out there and getting him reps, and, and I think throughout here, that's the biggest bummer is the fact that that's not what you're going to be getting for him. Thus, you know, the evolution, the learning, the maturation isn't going to be there. And, and that's the biggest bummer. I mean, the good thing, I guess, is this Colts team is playing better than what people thought. They're three and two. You know, you're right there in it, feeling pretty good. You're winning some games. You get a matchup in Jacksonville on Sunday. But the bad part about it is the guy that is your long-term future at the most important position in football is not getting that experience, which is necessary. Right, and we've seen where high draft picks not being available, other guys stepping up, and before you know it, they're no longer there. I mean, it happens. Uh, I hope that's not the case here with uh, Mr. Richardson, and there are ways that he can get better while he's waiting, not just from a physical standpoint, obviously, and getting through the injury, but the mental aspect of it, too. So uh, I'm sure Coach... Because Frank has a plan uh, to make sure that this young man stays engaged. He gets better in other areas of development, uh, even though it's not on the field. Uh, let's not lose sight, though. He can and will get better uh, while he's on our So Derek Brooks, the Hall of Famer with us. You know, I mentioned, too, you bring up Shane Steichen, which is kind of interesting because you've got an offensive mind that most of that playbook is, you know, running and it's built for Richardson. And now you get Gardner Minshew in there where you have to subtract a lot of that out of the puck, uh, pocket RPO running plays. But what we have seen here with that combination of Steichen and Minshew is, you know, a guy, Derek, that, that knows where the ball needs to go. He puts it, puts it within that catch radius of his players yeah. And, you know, this, this team still is capable of winning with him much like it would be with the rookie out there. Right. And, and again, I do apologize, Coach, Coach, Coach Shane, uh, by apologies uh, for failing to mention you earlier. Uh, that, to me, what we're going through now, 
is what they prepared for in the offseason by having a veteran at the position that the young man could learn from. At the same time, understanding his role and being able to be called upon when necessary. And that is what Richie is doing right now, is stepping in, playing that role, and, again, adjusting the offense that fits his skill set. And let's not be mistaken here. Getting Jonathan Taylor <laughs> this contract and getting yeah. him back in his out. That's going to be the, a really big difference to carry this offense while this young man is on our R2, but at the same time, having a great running game uh, while Gardner is in there, it still brings a different variety to the offense and creativity to the offense that can have success for the Colts. Uh, Derek Brooks with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I mentioned this earlier, and, and you can attest to this, you know, certainly in your times in, in Tampa, because it was always all hands on deck. But most importantly here, you have at running back, you mentioned Jonathan Taylor's back. He got uh, what, 10 snaps, I believe, in all in his return on Sunday uh, in their win. But beyond that, it's all hands on deck. You've got Zach Moss, who has been really good once again, a buck mm-hmm. 60 plus on the ground at two touchdowns on Sunday. And, and with this team right now, even with Richardson being out there and active, you've got to have help from absolutely everybody. And it's the same with Minshew. So to me, it's going to be interesting to see the dynamic between Moss and Taylor and how they utilize that. Because, again, it is all hands on deck with this group to remain competitive. It would have been with Richardson and probably even a little bit more so with Minshew, Derek, moving forward. Yes, and, it, and the scenarios that you discuss has, with no matter who's behind them, behind these five guys, these five guys is the key, and that's the offensive line. You know, they have to establish – a physical style uh, running game, protecting the quarterback, setting up play-action pass. So the offensive line is doing their job. I think that's the critical point, no matter who's at the skill position, at running back behind them, and obviously a Gardner playing quarterback, set, setting up things to get downfield plays out of the receiver position. It always goes back to the guys up front. They will control that. And if they play well, they stay healthy. And I just look at the Colts' success over the past few years. When the offensive line is healthy and playing well together, that has equal Indianapolis Colts' success. Yeah, he is the Hall of Famer and the uh, jointly appointed appeals officer of the NFL and NFL Players Association. Derek Brooks with us. I don't know if you're – are you allowed to talk – with me about anything you've had to deal with at all? Because I was going to ask you what's been what's been interesting, what may be an interesting story. I just don't know if you're allowed to talk about that stuff. Uh, unfortunately, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I am not from, because of the sensitivity uh, that's involved yeah. when you're dealing with players and safety and economics. So, unfortunately, uh, I, I can't uh, disclose any uh, information or any of the processes sure. of the hands. But I can't say this. I do the best I can uh, ah, to make sure, yes. you know, the players understand the game they're playing and protect hey, the safety yeah. of the game. Yeah. Can I – I want to ask you this. Can you tell me how many situations you have had to observe 
you've had to, uh, I don't know, for lack of a better uh, lack of a better description, you had to mull over this week already? Oh, uh, you know, the, the number gets up there. Uh, <laughs> over over a five-day five period, uh, again, it, yeah. it's not overwhelming, <laughs> but it's, uh, it takes a good bit of time. Sure. Understand that. And uh, point taken right there. Derek Brooks with us. <laughs> hey, a couple more things before I let you go. Uh, Tony Dungy was on the show right before me of NBC, the former coach here, your former coach as well. What's Tony Dungy still mean to you and certainly your time oh. in Tampa as a player playing for him? Oh, absolutely. One of the best salt of the earth uh, human beings. And I have the fortunes. Uh, having Coach Dungy uh, continue to be a part of my life in post-career and retirement. And I get a chance to see him here in Tampa. We run into each other. We stay in communication uh, because we're still heavily involved in the game. But uh, when obviously couldn't have been a better spot for him to land uh, once his time was up uh, here in Indy. And it seemed like that was a perfect fit uh, for him to go uh, lead that organization to a Super Bowl and have a big impact in the community. So uh, as well as you guys, as well as we here in Tampa, uh, both cities uh, are fortunate that Coach Dungy are, are st- is still a part of both our cities and makes it better. No doubt about that. Hey, before I let you go, I'm at walk-ons tomorrow, South Meridian on a Bud yeah. Light Blue Friday, man. I'm ready to have a blast. Hey, man, you're going to enjoy yourself to the fullest. And I hope people come out and enjoy some good food, good fun. You know, and let's, let's pack the building. Let's pack the building for you. Let's, let's do that, too. And I want to catch up with you again, Derek, if you don't mind, before that Buccaneers-Colts game up here. I'm assuming, are you going to make it up here, you think, for that? Uh, I, I'm doing my best, man, to make, make okay. that trip. And, uh, you know, I, I want to hope I'm coming into some friendly territory. But uh, he'll be all right, best, yeah. <laughs> do my best to take trip, absolutely. He'll be all right. Hey, Derek, I appreciate you as always, man. We'll do it again before that Buccaneers game. Have a great weekend down in Florida. All right. Thank you, sir. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. On the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline right now from CBS 4 and Fox 59, he is Mike Chappell. So this was brought to my attention, and it's similar to what was brought to my attention Sunday night after Zach Moss goes for 165 and a couple of touchdowns in that win over Tennessee. Um, I still say that everything's going to be okay, and once he's healthy, you go back to the rookie. But Nick and others have brought this up. I don't know about a detriment here if you're winning, but if Gardner Minshew goes 
you know, five and zero oh or four and one over this span. How can you pull him and go back to the rookie once Anthony Richardson is healthy? How do you view that? Yeah, we were talking about this on our Fox Fifty Nine podcast today. I, I, I my, my gut says you go back to the rookie no matter what. This, let's go back to everything we've said leading up to the season. It's reps, reps, reps. A kid needs reps. And that's how the season started. And, yes, there, there, there has to be some kind of internal discussion. If in four weeks all of a sudden they're really, really doing something and it's because of Minshew, first, I don't think that's going to happen. But, but I mean, it, it could. Uh, I was on a podcast with the Jacksonville Jaguars today, their .com, and before I was on the air, the guy – was leading and well, he said, you know, I think this is probably the best situation for the Colts that they got Minshew in their quarterback and gives them the best chance to win. And when I got on there, I said, first of all, I said, I don't agree with you. This team is better. It's better with Richardson. It just is. The ceiling's higher and all that stuff. But I, but I understand the argument if if they they win three the next four four the next five and then my goodness you've got something going on here I understand that but gosh I, I again I go back I don't think that's going to happen but this season it, it's interesting because this season has got to be about getting the kid the rookie ready to play extended I mean next year the year after I ain't on and on but I tell you if you're sitting there and all of a sudden you're you know, I don't know, whatever, eight and three, whatever, I don't know. And the time comes, it's got to be a debate, but I I would need to really, really be talked into or convinced that this team is better with Minshew because I just don't. The ceiling is, is, is what it is with Gardner Minshew. And, and, you know, one of the things that's uncomfortable is every time we have this discussion, it's like we're piling on Minshew, and I don't mean to. I'm, I don't. I mean, he's the reason they've won three games. He just is, the way he's played. Uh, but but Richardson gives him more. He, he, get, he, he opens up windows for him and all that stuff. But I tell you, that's what talk radio is all about, and you're going to have a fun time with it. And, of course, it starts with, with winning for the first time in Jacksonville since Reggie Wayne yeah. was playing, which has been, you know, that, that tells you how long it's been. But it's, it's, it's interesting. And we were talking in the press room today that Minshew was the, their biggest offseason pickup. He just was. I, I don't know if we thought at the time that it was going to be this level. But, but he you know, he, he completed Houston. He completed Tennessee and – and I'm not going over and say that he was the catalyst to winning in Baltimore. I'm not. I'm not going there. You know, it, it took a couple of great plays by Pittman and, and oh, by the way, four 50-yard field goals. But it, it, for anyone to, to discount Minshew's contributions at this point are, are wrong. He's, he's played at a high level and done things they need him to do. You know, it, it's funny you mentioned that, too, because it was brought to my attention again with what you're talking about regarding Matt Gay. Well, it was just good fortune, you know, 450 yarders, you know, for, for that win. That was just good fortune. And see, that's where I argue this. That's why his ass was brought in here. 
to be able to make something out of nothing right there. That's why he was brought in. So, I mean, his expectation was to bury a 50-yarder if need be. That's why he was the highest-paid place kicker. So I don't look at that as good fortune. I look at that as him doing his job. That's why we, a couple of us in the press room, a lot of us were, you know, people were complaining, you know, $5 million for a kicker a year. Are you crazy? Well, first of all, in the building of a roster, that's not all that much. I mean, it just isn't. But if you can get there and improve the position that much to that level, then then it's worth it. And he's already, you know, you could argue he's already, you know, helped, you know, reimburse what he's been given. And, And he kicked three important field goals against the Titans. And moving forward, I think I think scoring is going to be a little bit difficult with, with the way this is. So every time he's out there now, points are important. They just are. I remember back when with McAfee, who was always such a great interview in the locker room, but he, he, he would talk about Vinatieri. He said, man, he's the only guy that every time he goes out there, there are points on the field. There, there are points to be had. So yeah, I yeah, he's that's why they that's why they paid not overpaid for a kicker. No, I completely and, and, and that that helped, but people always wanted to put that in the category of well, yeah. you know, that's just a reason why Gardner Minshew was lucky. I, I do want to ask you this: Mike Chapel joins us. What what are the uh, the pluses and the minuses? I think we know the obvious minuses without Richardson with Minshew in there, but. But what are the pluses and the minuses besides, you know, taking away some of that playbook with the RPOs and the runs and all that? What, what are some of those pluses that you see with Minshew being in here? Because honestly, I don't, I don't think the winning and losing with this schedule in mind is that far off with either one under center. I, I, I agree with you. Uh, the plus and minus, the pluses are that, that you, know, you know what you're getting, which on the downside, so does the defense. But, but I, I just I was looking here. His career, he's got uh, where is it here? Forty six touchdowns and fifteen interceptions. Three to one. You'd take that every day, you know, and and, and feel good about it. So, and you watch some of those plays Sunday with the third and six and third and seven and third and whatever, and his ball placement to those receivers was exquisite on the run, where they can get it and run. And he's completing like 68%. Uh, and he pushed the ball down the field a couple of times. But you're not you're not going to get that continually, you don't think. And you're certainly not going to get the, the run threat. But then with Taylor coming back, maybe that compensates for that. But, you know, I, I just think generally he's going to make the right decision. You know, they call him an uh, a, a elite processor of what's going on. Now the only the only thing I'd say about that is, for a guy that understands what he's seeing in the field, he got smoked three times by Kyle Hamilton, you know, in the first yeah, half. He did on the on the same play. You know, give me once one time, fine, but then it, then it's on me. That that was concerning, but I just think you know what you're going to get. He, he he's he's sort of, you know, I keep falling back to Rick Venturi's description. He, he's a singles hitter. Well, there's a place for that. It's just that that's not really what the NFL is. And I think with Minshew, I, I, there's going to be more of those 10 and 11 play drives, which means your margin of, of, of error is a little thinner. 
you know, you get a you get a hold or a, or a sack, and then you're behind the chains and all that. But but I think if they can stay on point and, and, and not get in bad situations down a distance, I think they got a good chance. And they're and they're going to run the heck out of the ball. They they just are. That's what they want to do anyway, even with Richardson. But you know, I just think we're going to see more of Taylor this week. I don't know, twenty plays. I don't know what what the number is. And you can't take Zach Moss out of the lineup because he's only the league's you know, third leading rusher with m- missing a game. So it, it's downside, I guess, is that I, I think generally you're not going to get the shock plays down the field. Although, again, I thought they did some of that this past game. And keep in mind, the offensive line, knock on wood, is playing very well. It just is. And this is with Bernard Ryman missing the last two games. Maybe they get him back this week. So, I think I saw something where Ryan Kelly's a top-ranked center if you buy into those PFF uh, analysis. So everything is everything is built for Minshew to succeed without, you know, what Richardson brings to the offense. It's a run game and make the plays when you have to and, and let the defense play well and let Zaire Franklin, you know, have 18 tackles or whatever the heck he's piling up. So it's just, it's just going to be a different dynamic and, and, and again, one thing that I can't get out of my head is that, that he came off the bench twice and played excellent against uh, Houston and Tennessee. I mean, just the numbers are off the charts good. And then Baltimore had a chance to prepare for him, and it was rougher. Although Buffalo's got a, or I mean, Baltimore, and the, the Ravens have got a pretty good defense, but they had a, a week to prepare for him, and, and it took four 50-yard field goals to win a game. But I, I just, again, I think he's done everything and more that they anticipated. And I tell you, I didn't get a great feeling from Shane Steichen on Wednesday about when Richardson comes back. I, he was asked three or four times. I asked him once, and Stephen Holder did. And, and as well, we'll see. You know, we'll, we'll let the docs evaluate it. You know, I, I guess I'm a, if I'm a fan, I would like to have heard, well, yeah, we're, we're optimistic that he's going to come back. We don't know but we hope to get him back. And we didn't hear that. So we'll, it's, it's, I think, I think we have to brace ourselves for at least, at least six weeks, you know, the four on IR and then the new England game in Germany. And yeah. then you get the bye week that gives you, that gives you six weeks, which is a plus. But I, I just think when, when he's ready to play, if it's this year, he, he plays. It, um, if if they would have done a surgery, or that would have already been done in your estimation, or yeah, is that still so. on mean, the table? Yeah, and, and, uh, yeah, I think so. And and by by waiting now to see how the shoulder reacts, if in three weeks, four weeks he needs surgery, well, then you know, then he's done. I, I, I'm not a doctor, but I assume you know, if you wait that long for surgery, but yeah, you always want to put off surgery if you can, and. The risk being in this case that if you put it off and he needs it, then then he's out for the season. So uh, you, you hope you hope he's back soon. You know, relative terms soon, six or seven weeks. Because boy, you, you just I understand C.J. Stroud's having a great season, but Richardson's done. He, he's shown you everything you had hoped to see as far as he, I think he's been a better passer than I anticipated early on. Uh, the boy, the, the running that he has to this offense and all that stuff. And he's, he's so, I, I told Chris Ballard once that he reminds me so much of Edron James 
in his approach and his maturity. And and Chris agreed with me. And because and, Edrin was always, uh, uh, you know, more mature behind beyond his, his his age and all that. And that's what this kid is. And you just hope the best for him and get healthy and get back out there. He's on Mike Chapel of CBS Four and Fox Fifty Nine. He's with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I'm going to ask you this because I presented this from what I have seen, and maybe it's a coincidence. Maybe it's my eyeballs deceiving me. Maybe it's just BS. But I swear to you, Mike, when I see Gardner Minshew out there, and I'm not suggesting he should play over Anthony Richardson at all, but when he is out there throwing passes, it seems like the guys he's throwing to, they create a little bit more space than they do with Richardson out there. Is this anything at all that you've seen, or am I just making crap up? No, but I think it, it, it's pro- I think it's more of the way Minshew throws, and he leads guys in, in, into routes more than Richardson does. But no, I mean, I, I, it's, it's like I said earlier, some of that ball placement's incredible. Uh, now Richardson had one to Downs, but I think that I think Downs also had one from Minshew. And I, to me, I think that's more. I just think that's more of Minshew's timing and, and, and all of that. But no, you're right. I mean, again, he's 68 percent completions, uh, and that's with with uh, uh, the, the the off game against Baltimore and throwing the ball. So yeah, I I don't know that it's the receivers are getting open better for him. It's I think it's just better that, that Minshew is better at, at getting the ball to them on the run to where they can do things. And again, that's another one of his strengths. I'm really curious. It's funny. We we certainly asked him uh, on Wednesday about going back to Jacksonville, and you know that's the team that drafted him, and then they got rid of him when they got Trevor Lawrence, and he really, really downplayed it. You know, yeah, anytime you can play, it's a great day and all that. Well, and then we talked to Zaire Franklin, who I tell you, I just spend 15 minutes at, every Wednesday at his locker because he's just that yeah. good. He really is. But he said, yeah, he said, I, I know what kind of competitor he, he is, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how he plays Sunday. So, uh, you know, and, and again, so, so am I. So am I. Uh, the team that the, the Jaguars are going to face this week are, is so different than the one they saw in the open. Now, I think Jacksonville's better, but coming off two pretty big wins. But, you know, that first game, Richardson – was still they were still sort of had the training wheels on that first game and oh by the way, Zach Moss wasn't playing, Jonathan Taylor wasn't playing. It was Deion Jackson and they, and they could and they got nothing going in the run game, and now you've got two rookie corners out there that weren't playing at the time with Juju Brents and Jalen Jones. I think was playing special teams, so it's really really different. I just I just hope. That, I think what's good is because we've, we've asked players about the, the streak in Jacksonville, eight, eight straight road losses, seven of them in Jacksonville. And and most of these players, you know, like like Josh Downs can say, that wasn't me. I had nothing to do with it. So, and, and Minshew did because he beat them twice. But, uh, so, but no, I, I'm, I'm curious how this team plays on the road. They've already won, but they won their, their, the first two on the road, which – that's the mark of a good team to win on the road. I don't care where you win in the NFL on the road. It, it, it's a good thing. So I'm really curious because, boy, if they find a way to win Sunday, and then I'll, you know, then you'll have that topic about, well, you know, do you keep the guy or whatever? 
but I'm th- this team's fun to watch so far because they don't they're not doing too many things to beat themselves and you know the old Tony Dungy where most most games are lost and, and most of them are you know it, it takes a it takes a special talent to lose when you're ahead 33 to nothing it really does so I, I like where this team is how they're reacting to the coach let's see how this team reacts over the next gosh four five six seven games to Gardner Minshew so Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59s on the Andy Moore on the Motive Group Pipeline. Inside the Winshuler Spreadable Cheeses Lounge here. So Sean wrote this. Gardner with the Colts' focus on the running game will feel good about the Colts' D as it keeps improving. Now, I want to stop right there because that's what, to me, is most problematic about all this. It's the Colts' secondary, which has given up really consistently the big play so far this year and did against Calvin Ridley back in week number one when it was, you know, even more of a healthy situation. That probably concerns me more than anything else going into this game coming up on Sunday. How about you? Yeah, no question. It's strength versus perceived weakness. And, again, this this secondary is going to be a work in progress. It just is. They got, you know, we knew it was young, and now the young guys are having to play. I think Juju's playing well. I think you can see that this he's got a chance to be pretty good. He, he's aggressive. He's physical. He's, you see him in the locker room, and he's just not built like most corners that we've seen here. He's that long, lanky guy, muscular. But, yeah, it's, and that, that's what Jacksonville does. Yeah, ATN got, got loose with that one big run at the end, was it 26 yards, but they really kept him bottled up. They really did. But Lawrence can really can really get you, and if they don't get that pass rush more consistent, uh, it, it can be an issue. And you know, that one game with Minshew, they went nineteen. He was nineteen for twenty. It was like seven on seven. So yeah, and the Colts have given up. I think it's four one hundred yard receivers in five games. You know, Nakua and, and uh, uh, Ridley, yeah. Nico Collins, and all these guys. So. Yeah, that that I, I just think that's going to be an issue most of the time, and I think Jacksonville has got the the, the the guys to really exploit that part of their game. If you don't, if you don't get in his face and, and let him know that it's going to be a long day throwing the football. So Mike Chapel with us. Uh, we've seen Randy Gregory, for example, uh, get traded. Sam Fran, Frank Clark is a guy that is uh, either been released or about ready to to be released and then you you get a guy like Jerry Judy that's in Denver and clearly they're making wholesale changes right now would that be a dude they have KJ Hamler I think on their practice squad right now who was also oddly enough uh, once upon a time a member of that Denver Broncos roster might the Colts have any interest in a guy like Jerry Judy if he is available which it seems like basically everybody is available in Denver right now I mean don't you call don't don't you at least say what what, what would it take and I you know depending on how desperate the Broncos are, they're going to get roasted tonight. They're going to get smoked. I've quit betting, but <laughs> I, I, I don't care if Kelsey plays or not. I, I just don't see how this is a game. Yeah, I, I just think you, you have to call. That's, that's, that's what these guys do. You're always trying to find ways to get better. If you can find a, a receiver, uh, I, I just, I just I, I'm, you and I are all receiver-oriented, but – they, yes, they, they they lack 
they lack a receiver or two. They really do. Uh, so, yeah, and, and I wouldn't be opposed to giving up a mid to late round pick. I, I wouldn't go crazy at all. But fourth or fifth round pick, I, I don't know what it would take. I just haven't looked into it that much. But I, I wouldn't be opposed to giving up a, a third-day pick to get a guy that might make a difference. Uh, so, yeah, and maybe that tells you how they view this season. If they make a move like that, it's because they think they've got something going here. Uh, and, again, I, I know Chris Ballard really, really likes, likes him picks. Loves in picks, and, and I tell you, he's done some really good job with the later picks, the mid-rounds and the later picks. But having said that, I, I, I would always like the DeForest Buckner pick, giving up a first-round pick for DeForest Buckner. I'd do it every day. I just would. If I can get a guy that I, that I think can make me better, that, that was a long-term investment. This would be more of a this year and then we'll see. But, yeah, you, you got to call with, with a lot of these guys. You just do so Mike Chappell is with us. You mentioned the change of expectations, which, you know, maybe is not going on right now. Maybe it is going on right now within the Colts. It certainly is with, with fans out there right now. Have you, have you changed your level of expectations? Looking at the schedule, looking at the division, where they are right now, and also factoring in the quarterback situation here moving forward. However, have your expectations changed at all? A little bit. I probably thought I, I thought three and two was was certainly doable because I thought the first seven or eight games maybe gosh until the bye week. Now look at this. I mean, at Jacksonville, home of Cleveland, their, their offense is a mess with their quarterback. De- defense is is really good. The Saints defense is really good. Derek Carr is sort of you know that midline guy. Then you go to Carolina and they're they're a train wreck, and, and in New England. They're a train wreck. I don't care what continent you play them on. And then the bye week. And then you got Tampa at home. So, gosh, it's – and then at Tennessee. I, I, the, 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 we've talked about this. This schedule is not daunting. Now, you have to play well. So, I, I think it, my expectations have changed because I think the quarterback play has been better than I thought it was. It would be early. You know, I, I think they they, they – they, they they won in Baltimore that I didn't expect, but then I thought they'd beat the Rams. So things do tend to even out. But yeah, I, I I do think they're 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 further along because the quarterback was further along, and Minshew has played a little bit better than I thought he would. So yeah, my expectations have changed. I I think the, the over under was six and a half. I would probably if you could if you could bet right now, I'd probably take the over, and before I was probably taking the under. But I like the schedule. If you play, if you play well, I like this schedule. Well, that starts coming up on Sunday. Um, they get a little revenge down there. Or is this going to be Jacksonville because of? I mean, Jacksonville just offensively is going to be a little bit too good in that back end. What do you think? Yeah, I talked to Reggie today, and I thought if they, if they could if they could suit Reggie up and put him out there, uh, and, and let him just, just let him be on the field, because you know, again, the last time they won down there, he played. But, yeah, I don't think so. I think Jacksonville is still the best team in the division. And it's not so much the streak. It's just that it's just a, I, I don't know that, that they, they can this team can do enough offensively. I'm thinking like 24-16 type of thing. But, boy, you get that running game. If you get that running game going and you keep it close, uh, the running game can be the great equalizer as far as pounding people into submission. 
same time, yeah. the quarterback's got to make plays. I, I think it's going to be a one-possession game, but I think the streak goes on another year. Hey, before I let you go really quickly here, too, I saw where on a limited basis both Braden Smith and um, Mo Alley-Cox were back today, and he had full participation regarding um, left tackle Bernard Ryman and Quiddy Pay on the defensive line. What's your expectation for each Sunday? I think Braden plays. I think he practiced one day last week, I think, with a hand. Uh, the two guys, with Quiddy and, and uh, who was the Alberni Ryman, I think they got a good chance to play. We'll know tomorrow because they've got to, still got to do the independent neurologist and the team neurologist. Mo Alley, I just – it's again, I think it was it – Adam Schefter mentioned that through last week, no player had gotten a concussion on a Sunday and played the next Sunday. I think teams are really, really careful with these guys. I'd be surprised if Mo plays, but then you get Will Mallory back. So, but but to get the left tackle back would be a big thing. To get Quiddy Payback would be a big thing, no question. Mike Chapel, right there via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Podline. Mike, as always, I appreciate you. Talk to you next week. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Fellas, let's do it. Week number six, our large city bourbon locks. Luda, Azul, Tequila Shots. James, cue the band. Let's go. Tonight's game, I know I hate. Like, I don't hate Western Kansas because they have, like, buffalo meat and flatlands. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up at this point. No, I don't hate Western Kansas, but for some reason, I hate Lawrence, Kansas. I hate Kansas basketball. I cannot stand, even though it's in Missouri, Arrowhead Stadium at all. I do like the Royals, though. Tonight at the toilet in Kansas City, it's the Broncos and the Chiefs. And obviously, I mean, we will see. Looks like Travis Kelsey is going to play tonight. That was within question earlier this week. Ten and a half point favorites at home. I'm going to lay that and uh, take the Chiefs because I think this is easy. The Broncos are an absolute Sean Payton mess right now, Brent. Yeah, you know, they are. I mean, their defense, they have the worst defense in the NFL. You know, you got the Chiefs that we talked about a little bit earlier. They don't have that receiving core that we're we're used to seeing out there. Kelsey's going to be huge for them. I think Pacheco has a huge night tonight. This is a big number, and this is one of uh, three or four double-digit spreads. But uh, I think Kansas City gets it done tonight. Uh, Kansas City, 30 17. I just worry without weapons, you know, you want to hit the number and that makes you wonder they'll win, but it makes you wonder if they're going to be able to hit that, that lofty number, right? Magic number. Mike, what do you got? I'm with you. I'm thinking that Denver's wondering who's going to be cut or traded next. I think they're bailing on their season completely. Frank Uh, Clark right now. We saw Randy Gregory here locally from HSC last week. Yeah. Yeah. I think the chiefs going to put it on them. 
All right. right. Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna's Old Tequila Shots. This is in London coming up on Sunday morning. The Ravens and the Titans. Titans coming off that loss up here at Lucas Oil Stadium with the Colts. The Ravens, meantime, are installed as four-point favorites. I'm going to go ahead and lay the four here and give me the Ravens in London coming up on Sunday morning. Brent? Yeah, this Ravens team, again, I'm still waiting for them to really, truly look like they should. They just they can't put it together. No. And, you know, last week they fell down. They left right after uh, their, their loss and went to uh, went across the pond. So they've been getting there. Getting, I think it's going to be probably right around that number. Uh, but I'll join you. I'll take the uh, Baltimore Ravens. To Mike! The four. I agree. They're due to put it together. Commanders and Falcons are part of week number six as well. Yeah, neither one of these teams were very fun and don't look very fun either. So I just kind of flipped a coin on this. The Falcons are two and a half point favorites. I'm going to lay that two and a half and give me the Falcons with for no other reason. It came up heads. Well, <laughs> sometimes that's how you got to pick them, John. <laughs> you know, I think I'm, I'm going to join you as well. The yeah. Falcons are 3-0 and at home. They haven't won on the road yet, but they're surprisingly winning some games. Uh, you know, that commander team, they just they're up and down. They're all over the place. I'm going to join you. I'll take the uh, short number there. Falcons light with two and a half. Mike. I think the commander's going to put it together this week. But at the same time, I think that's one of the four games on the schedule this week that are uh, between two opponents that are looking for quarterbacks potentially next year. And I'm not sure the Falcons fans really want them to win too much unless they're winning big. Yeah. Yep. Hey, who should be playing more for Caleb Williams opportunities here? The Vikings or the Bears coming up in week number six. So the Vikings have Kirk Cousins, no Justin Jefferson for the next four weeks. We know that with that hamstring injury. Um, the Bears, last we saw them, were putting it on the commanders in the Beltway. Three-point favorites on the road of the Vikings. Uh, the Bears are really stupid. Uh, they put up some big numbers, 40 points, in the last time out. Uh, the Vikings just seem like that they're damaged beyond belief right now. And just a... Really bad team in the first place so far. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the three and give me the Bears at home. Yeah, you know, Justin Jefferson being out is is huge. You know, we, we know what kind of caliber player he is. They got that Addison kid who's going to be good. Uh, you're going to see some some different looks there. But the Bears oh, might Osborne to get more of a shot, Osborne too. Osborne to get Bears. more of a shot. He could be somebody to look at for a Lunasul tequila shot of the week. You know, I mean, he's going to get some yeah, play out there. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to take the Bears. I'll take the plus three in Chicago. Two one and four teams. Somebody's got to win. Which team would rather have a shot at Caleb Williams here? Would it be the Bears or do you think the Vikings? Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, Bears. The Bears. Maybe so. Anyway, Mike, what do you got? I'm with you. I think the I think the Vikings are going to. How are you going to rally around a quarterback that doesn't know if he's going to be there next week? And if the Bears were smart, they'd have gotten rid of their quarterback already and secured that number one pick. Hey, so I think it's a fight between them. You know, I'm a Reds fan. I'm not a Bengals fan, but I'm waiting on the Bengals. And the, I guess the calf of Joe Burrow to get completely right and the Bengals to get offensively back on track. I love what they can do up front, especially defensively. They get to match up with the Seahawks. Seahawks are one loss team so far. Coming off a bye week, you got to travel cross country to the Queen City. Bengals are three point favorites. Because I'm a believer that the Bengals are going to get up off the mat and get out of the cellar, I'm going to lay the three and take the Bengals at home, Brent, on Sunday. You know, I'm still not sold on them. They did finally have a, a breaking out, but their defense is allowing a lot of points, too. And I, the Seattle team, again, that's a tough thing, but they are coming off of having you know, the week off last week. But that, uh, that West Coast to East Coast 1 o'clock game yeah. is always a little questionable. But, uh, you know, I'm going to go ahead and take Seattle here. I'll take the three points. I think it's going to be a field goal game anyway. Give me Seattle plus three. What do you got, Mike? I think it's Cincinnati just because they have to travel from Seattle. The, the only uh, caveat would be that uh, T. Higgins is still out, I believe, yes. right? 
Yep. So if they can limit, they've got pretty good DBs in Seattle. If they can limit uh, Chase, then maybe they have a chance. Man, a seven-and-a-half-point favorite for the 49ers on the road in Cleveland. Another one of these cross-country things. Um, now, we know that Deshaun Watson didn't play last week. That was not announced until right before game time on Sunday, and clearly it did not help. I don't know. Has he practiced it? Deshaun Watson practiced this week. He is not, and this line was uh, went from – Five to seven and a half. Okay. So that kind of tells me that he's probably not going to be playing. Yeah, it doesn't matter to me. I'm still going to lay the seven and a half and take the best team in the NFL going right now, the San Francisco 49ers. Brent? Yeah, they look good. I mean, what they did even to Dallas. I mean, everybody they're playing, they're just kind of steamrolling. I think they're going to continue that here. I think that seven and a half, I will lay that. I think they win by double digits. However, always by the half point on seven. So uh, I'll give, me, uh, give me San Fran to cover. Mike? San Fran all day. The Purdy Niners. All right, Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Zul Tequila Shots, Mousetrap. We're on North Keystone here on this week, 6 Thursday. Thank you for joining us. I'm telling you what, C.J. Stroud has been really good as a rookie quarterback so far, really good. They get the Saints in Houston coming up on Sunday. New Orleans may be a bit of a surprise, right? Point and a half favorites on the road. I'm going to take that point and a half here. I think I'm going to take Houston at home. I just, it just kind of seems like that they, with what the Colts are doing, they may right now, because of that play of Stroud, be able to keep pace. So, again, give me that point and a half. I'll take the Texans. Yeah, I like the home dog here, too. And everything you said, I'm right on with you. I mean, I think Stroud's look great. I think, uh, you know, the Saints are kind of up and down. They look good last week. But I'm going to go ahead and take that uh, one and a half points. Give me the Houston Texans to uh, cover, but also win the game. What do you got there, Mike? I, I agree. I agree. I think there's going to be a, an interception this game. But uh, you got to remember the home field advantage is not huge. There's a lot of trans, there are transplants from New Orleans to Houston. So I think there's going to be yep. some Saints fans in that crowd. But yep. I think they'll get a pick and lose. There you go. I like that call. All right. Panthers are... 13-and-a-half-point underdogs on the road at Miami. And that goes without saying. That should be the number. Kind of makes you wonder. So last year during the season, Frank Reich got canned, and things are not going right whatsoever in Carolina for Frank Reich right now. It was the week before last. I mean, Frank was asked a question and talked about not knowing that Adam Thielen a play for whatever reason they drew up for him offensively. Adam Thielen was injured and off the field. That's never good. Um, talked about how much like last year with Jim Ursay getting involved in what the coach is doing and the decisions that are being made, ownership in Carolina evidently getting involved in what he's doing right now. It all equates to a really bad situation for the coach, for the organization, for the team on the road in Miami. I wouldn't normally do this. I'll lay that 13 and a half and give me the Dolphins to run away and hide Brent Halverson. Yeah, the number one high-scoring team in the NFL is the Miami Dolphins. They lost A-chan for, uh, to yep. IR for four weeks, but that doesn't matter. I think they got too many weapons out there. You got, the, you got Hill. You, you got Mostert. Mostert, who's Moster, there, too. Who can pick Wilson's it up? back. Yeah. Jeff Wilson is back. Yeah, yeah Jeff That's Wilson's right. back, too, Mike. Thank they you. Got, yes. they got a, they just, their arsenal's just heavy, right? And like you say, it's a dumpster, dumpster fire in Carolina. Not only is, you know, you've got a, 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 a team that is kind of struggling like they are, but like everything you just mentioned, too, John, and I never do this. But this is going to be my larceny lock of the week. Lock it up, At then. 13 and a half. That's just crazy. But I think they win by 20-plus. What do you got there, Mike? I think Brent might get there, but it'll probably be because Reich will go for uh, fourth and five from his own 30, and that'll screw the points up. 
He um, is not in a good spot right now, much like he was not in a good spot this time a year ago. It would seem. Larson, Bourbon Locks. Luna's old tequila shots. Right, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a one-loss team. At home, Baker Mayfield, the quarterback. There's not a lot to really embrace his greatness right there, except for what has taken place when loss rise so far. Now, the Lions have been legit. Three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road at the Buccaneers. However, for fun. I'm going to lock this up. I'm going to take that three and a half, and I'm going to take in a surprise the Buccaneers at home against the Lions coming up this weekend. My larceny bourbon lock of the week right there. I can't believe I'm saying it. The Buccaneers, lock it up. Baker Mayfield is oh, your loss, huh? Weird, dude, that's I tough know. to do. That's tough to do. I can't do that, John. I'm going to go against you on this one. Oh, no. I just think they're, they're you know, again. I think I'm going to go next door to on. what is that place next door here and get a bong or two and then go home and <laughs> hit it. <laughs> well, hey, you might That's what I'm thinking right now. <laughs> no, I could probably just do it in this alley back here if I wanted to. No, no I'm joking. Go ahead, Brent. I'm going to take the uh, Detroit Lions to yep. get the win. 28-21. They'll cover that three and a half. Mike, what do you got? Detroit all day. Yeah. makes So I'm, I'm on an island here. <laughs> am I well, on a key, a sandbar? Just what just am I on? Your bong and your island, right? <laughs> yeah, my bong and my island right there. Larcy Bourbon Locks, Luna's with Tequila Shots. There's no way in the world after getting deep pants last week at home in the fashion in which Bill Belichick did, right? The Patriots head coach and his team that they can go on the road to Vegas, face a former quarterback in New England and the former longtime offensive coordinator and chief butt sniffer in New England, Right? As head coach of the Raiders, no way that they're going to look as bad as they did last week. However, I don't have enough trust in Belichick and what he is doing in that team right now after watching last week against the Saints. So the Raiders are three-point favorites. Lay that three and give me the Raiders, Brent. You saw that in front of you against the Packers last week. I, I don't trust the Raiders, but... The Patriots look among the worst easily in the NFL right now. They really do. And Belichick had his two biggest defeats of his career in the last two weeks. I mean, he just, they're, they're struggling right now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I don't, I, Vegas, they, they're not all that, but you know what? They're at home. Beautiful Allegiant Stadium. I will say it is absolutely stunning there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and take the uh, Raiders to get the cover. They'll cover the short number. Raiders 24-20, but cover the three. What do you got, Mike? I'm with you. You forgot Tom Brady's going to be in that locker room probably in Vegas. Both of them? You know, well, Tom Brady's he's an owner yeah. of a party. So I yeah. can see him down in that locker room saying, make sure you boys beat Bill Belichick. I want to see make Tom sure Brady. Sure. I want to see Tom Brady bring baseball back to Montreal and the Expos <laughs> back. That's what I got my fingers crossed. Anyway, Mike, I didn't I mean to interrupt. The Ra- I, I got the yeah. Raiders. At the Raiders. At, yeah, uh, I mean, and then they're going to beat their uh, future coach, Bill Belichick. Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna's <laughs> Tequila Shots, Cardinals and Rams. Also a part of week number six. Yeah, the Rams have been on and off. Rams can be really good. Rams sometimes don't look so great. Seven-point favorites against the Cardinals. Kind of the norm right there. Maybe some good moments for Arizona so far. Not enough in this one. Lay the seven. Give me the Rams at home, Brent. Yeah, I'm with you there, too. You know, Cooper Cup's back, and I was kind of wanting to see how they're going to really run him and Puka Nakua since Puka's just had a huge, huge rookie campaign so far. I think there's just more firepower for them. I think they're going to, you know, Arizona is one of the worst defenses out there in the NFL as well. I'm going to take the Rams, lay the seven. Mike. I agree. Uh, the Cardinals have nothing to play for. The Rams, I think they're feeling like uh, they've, they've got some energy back. You know, they've got talent out there. And after a horrible season last year, I think they're feeling uh, they're feeling pretty good. So, Larcy Bourbon Locks, Luna's old tequila shots from the mousetrap on North Keystone. Free samples flowing right now. So, join us here. While we're here until 6 o'clock on this Thursday, week number six is what we're talking about. So the Eagles, 
All right, so they haven't won in over-the-top impressive fashion. But you know what they've done? They've won. They have. Now, that's a little bit different than what we're doing here as we play against the number. Seven-point favorites on the road against the Jets. I This, to me, is a scary one because so many are going to jump on this Eagles team and then you know, maybe the Jets keep it tighter than, than what we think. I, I just can't go with that what if. I got to lay the seven and take the Eagles – on the road, Brent, coming up on Sunday. Even if they haven't blown absolutely everybody out of the water, they still do nothing but win. That is a professional team you got with Nick Sirianni in Philly, most definitely right now. One of two undefeated teams in the NFL, and I think they're going to continue that. And, you know, that Jets team, they're scrappy, right? Yeah. They are scrappy. they got a good defense. I think Brees Hall, they're finally starting to use him and let him go. But you still got Zach Wilson. He's going to be guaranteed for two picks. I think it's going to be too much for uh, the Eagle or too much for them to handle. Eagles cover, win 26-17. What do you got, Mike? Uh, I think the Eagles going to blow them out. I, I think their defense up the middle especially is going to shut down Brees Hall a little bit. And the Jets are just too confused in the locker room. The, the Eagles have together. They've got the leader. Yeah. And they're ready to go out there and prove something. Professional Plus, it's team. It's not that far from New York, you know, and it's all green. It's going to get loud. <laughs> it's going to get and loud. It's going to be green, but it'll be loud. All right, so the Bills welcome in a former offensive coordinator, Brian Dayball, who had a great season a year ago that would probably like to hide under a rock right now with his Giants team, to say the least. In Buffalo, 14-point favorites of the Bills. This is incredibly scary right here. It's going to take a lot to hit that number. The Giants look like an absolute disaster. Consider the Patriots disaster and then times two with the Giants disaster right now. Lay the 14 and take the bills. I hate it. I hate saying it. I don't quite believe it, but I'm doing it. Brent. A lot of big chalk. We're all on it. I'm going to join you here. I mean, you know, the bills getting uh, defeated uh, was, uh, was, was rough for them. They got to travel back across the pond, but they're back home. Look what they did against Miami. They're going to get back on track. I think they put up. 34-17, Bills cover 14. What do you got over there, Mike? I'd be really surprised if the Giants get 17 points, but I think it's going to be a blowout. I think Buffalo wants to prove something. All right, so the Chargers don't really have a home play, so they play in SoFi, right? But this is going to be all Cowboys all the time. Southern California is going to be nothing but Cowboys there. It was an absolute joke of a game. They lost to San Fran. The Cowboys, I'm not suggesting they're going to bounce back, but I just think the Chargers with zero home field advantage not going to be good enough in this one. The Cowboys on the road are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Lay the two-and-a-half and give me the Cowboys against the L.A. Chargers in SoFi Stadium, which is going to be all Cowboy stuff. I think it's a really close game. I'm going to be anxious to see, like I said, we see a tale of two different teams with the Cowboys one week from the next Who's going to show up there? But uh, you're right. I mean, that's the, they don't have the big home field advantage uh, as, as most nope. teams do. But I think uh, I, I like the Chargers in this spot. They're gonna give me, I'm going to take them uh, plus two and a half again. I'd always buy that half point. Give me the Chargers to cover. Mike, talk to me. I like them as well. I don't think the home field advantage matters that much for the Chargers because they, they never have one. No, they so don't. I think they're used to that. And, uh, and I think this, this is going to be different. And, these, these games like Kansas City, that trail, these – the Packers that travel, it's going to be different because it's going to be all Cowboy fans. Yeah, yeah. Not just a smattering of them. Yeah. I think the Cowboys are a mess. And the only guy that's confident in them is Jerry Jones, at least uh, <laughs> you know, verbally. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, they're a mess. Hey, by the way, Luna's going to keep the shots for this week number six. I want to go back to the Houston Texans. And I thought he would be more uh, – he was an off-season acquisition at tight end. Dalton Schultz, who played a year ago, obviously played well in Dallas the past couple. He has not been targeted too much, but it seems like maybe he will start. The reason why I bring this up, Dalton Schultz is available in 64% of those fantasy leagues out there right now. 
So take, I believe, a target and now a, an extended period of time target for the rookie quarterback, C.J. Stroud. Dalton Schultz tied into the Texans in my Luna Azul tequila shot of the week in fantasy football. I like it. That's a good call. That's yeah. a great call. 64% of those fantasy football leagues he has availability in right now. So check that out. All right. Colts and Jaguars coming up on Sunday, man. I'm really excited for this. This is a mammoth contest. Go back to week number one. Colts had the advantage, lost it late, gave up 14 in the fourth quarter. Offense couldn't do much in the fourth, and they ended up losing that game to the Jacksonville Jaguars. But let me tell you this. The Jaguars are not the same team we thought they were going to be at the start of this year, and neither are the Colts. However, I'm going to take Jacksonville to double this thing down once again. Right now, Jacksonville, four-point favorites at home. I'm going to go ahead and lay the four. Give me the Jags in that final 26-20, Brent, on Sunday. Disappointed, to say the least. Competitive, yes. Disappointed. I really want to take the Colts because I really I want to see this work for you, the fans, and I want to see this work for Gardner Minshew. I just don't think this game in Jacksonville will for them. Hopefully for you that I'm wrong, but uh, lay the four, 26-20, your final Jaguars over the Colts. Brent? Yeah, I'm hoping to see a good game here, but, uh, you know, just look at the history. The, the Colts struggle playing Jacksonville, yeah. especially in Jacksonville. Now, Jacksonville has been uh, across the pond for the last couple of weeks, so there may be a little bit of a lag there, but they're going to get back on track. Uh, you know, I will say this is going to be my Lunasville shot of the week. We talked about him earlier. Yeah. This is a long shot, right? But uh, Josh Downs. That's a good idea. Uh, Gardner Mitchell likes him. Good idea. Nine receptions for uh, 97 yards last week. I think something along those lines. Uh, I think he's going to have a, he's going to be kind of the guy for him down there, but I don't think it's enough to beat him. I'm going to take the Jags, lay the four. He's going to bust one in the slot too. And that's all you need. The, these shots we're talking about is, you know, they may not put up huge numbers. I mean, maybe it's, you know, five, six catches for 65 yards. But if you put that in the end zone, that's going to be worth your time and your effort. That's what I'm looking for with Dalton Schultz. That's what you're looking for with Josh Downs. That makes a lot of sense. Luna Zul tequila fantasy football shot of the week. What do you got, Mike? Well, if Jonathan Taylor comes back strong, hopefully he does because he's on my team. I you just I just <laughs> uh, don't and, and you I, don't know where he's going to be as far as but it, it's going to it, it's have, going to be more. There's going to be more than there were last week. I think what ten plays overall last yeah. week. I think so. the shot that we, the Colts have is up the middle because uh, Trevor Lawrence doesn't like to go side to side so much. Yeah. We. You know, just yeah. break that pocket down right up the middle. We may have a chance. Well, you, Mike, you bring up a good point because that's what the, the Colts got after oftentimes Trevor Lawrence in week number one. It was the times when they didn't. And we saw that in the fourth quarter when things fell apart. And we saw that early. Remember that early score to Calvin Ridley when that touchdown pass was made because Lawrence had all this time to run back and forth across the field and wait for Ridley to get open. That wasn't so much on a team. And again, the secondary of the Colts has been picked on. Big playability against their team is the worst in the NFL going right now in that Colts secondary. But that was more on those that didn't put pressure on the quarterback than it was on that secondary. I just, that's a bad matchup for me. That concerns me. But if you can put pressure consistently on Lawrence, that changes Mike the game. It does, it does. I think we'll still lose, but I think... Uh... We'll cover. It'll probably come down to a field goal. 
Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots. How did we do last week, by the way? I don't think I asked. You did, uh, I think you were nine and... Nine? Nine and five. Nine and five last nine week? Nine five. I thought I sucked. That no, was awesome. You had a good week, Matt. That's in the positive. Th- sitting at 39.35, so you're... Uh, Look at me over 500 right you, there, Mike. Right? Hey, fans, want new flooring and want it now. March is the time to buy it floors to your home. Right, Brian Kahn? It really is, JMV. We have the state's largest selection of new flooring in stock. And we've just received additional truckloads of new hardwood, laminate, and waterproof flooring. So we're marking everything down. Brian, I'm looking at some of your incredible deals. We always sell up to 50% off those big box stores. But for a limited time, you can get new flooring starting at just 80 cents a square foot. 80 cents a square foot? That's incredible. That's three rooms of hardwood, laminate, or waterproof starting under $350 at Floors to Your Home. And you can get it right now. We have over 1,200 styles in stock. Floors to Your Home is the place for the lowest prices anywhere in Indiana. I'm doing my whole house. Three very convenient locations. Avon, Noblesville, and Brookville Road. Who has the lowest prices on flooring? Floors to Your Home. That's who.